Hi, this is Jean-Jacques Taylor, and you're listening to Jot Talk. This is a podcast where I talk about the Cowboys, the team I've covered as a beat writer, columnist, TV insider, and radio host for 28 years. I'll also talk about the NFL and the things I love, working out, streaming, food, and all things Dallas. My boy, Big Joe and the Big Rig, one of my oldest friends, produces the show and occasionally chimes in with his thoughts on the Cowboys. After all, he's a lifelong Cowboys fan, and he played high school, college, and semi-pro football. Welcome to Jock Talk, where sports is fluid. What's true today might not be true an hour, a day, or a month from now. I'm going to give you the truth straight. No chaser. Glad to have you aboard. Let's get it. Welcome to episode 71 of Jock Talk. I'm Jean-Jacques Taylor, joined by my boy, Big Joe and the Big Rig. What's up, dog? What up? What up? Uh, you got a 71? I got two 71s. I got... The late great Mark Tuanay and Larry Allen. Larry Allen was seventy one. I thought Larry Allen was seventy three, man. Seventy one with the Forty Nineers. He was seventy one with the Forty Nineers. Okay, Larry. Nobody remembers Larry Allen with the Forty Nineers except you. All right, I was going to say I do. You know damn well that the the purpose of this little thing we do is not to come up (laughs) with with some. When they go to their spare team, like Tony Dorsett on the Broncos, Tony Dorsett was thirty three with the Broncos. Or uh, Troy Aikman on the on the Chargers. He Nobody wasn't never with that. the Chargers. That was a test. Make sure you was paying attention. Yeah, they, he lost. <laughs> what did he do? He was the Chargers asked him to come out of retirement. He turned it down. I think. Uh, I think a couple of people asked him to come out of retirement. Right. and He turned it down. Yeah, which is all good. But uh, my seventy one was Mark Tuanay, and had, I struggled to come up with that. Not a lot of quality players have won seventy one over the years. Mm-hmm. Uh, for whatever reason that come to mind for me. But, uh, you know, that's what it is. Uh, we hope you are prepared to be entertained and dazzled for the next hour or so as we talk on one of Joe's favorite topics. Micah Parsons speaks again. <laughs> We're going to talk a little bit about a couple subjects we haven't spent much time on for the, this year at all, which is the Mavericks, the Rangers, and then one of our favorite topics, video games. So, uh, this is a part where I like to remind you that if you you know if you're ever involved in an accident, and I almost saw one yesterday, uh, somebody ran a red light. Uh, if you're ever involved in an accident and you're injured and it's not your fault, what you got to do, man, is pick up the phone and call nine seven two nine three four eighty nine hundred. I mean, really, you should have it plugged into your phone so you don't have to look for the number. That's Greening Law. When they pick up the phone, you say you simply say, "Hey, here's my situation. What do you think?" And I'm here to tell you, if they bring you on as a client, it's been a hell of a day for you. That's because they take care of everything for you. Um, if you need a doctor, they take care of that. How about this? If you need a specialist, they take care of that. Whatever you need, they take care of because they want you to focus on two things and two things only. They want you focused on healing and renewal. Get your mind right. Get your body right. And get your life back. That's how they want you focused. That's what they want you doing. And the way to do that is to let them take care of everything. So when you're going up against somebody else's insurance company, they think it can be intimidating and scary and nerve-wracking. That's what Greening Law does. They walk you through the process. They hold your hand. They ride with you. You know them little motorcycles with that little cubby, that little side thing on the side from the 40s? Yeah, that's, they, that's them. That's Greening Law. Right over there riding with you while you're going down the highway. We're telling you when to turn left and when to turn right and when to go straight and when to stop. That's what they do. And so I'm telling you, if you're involved in an accident and it's not your fault, what you got to do is call 972-934-8900. And here's the kicker. The kicker. They don't get paid unless you get paid. All right? 
So you ain't never got to worry about where you fit in on the priority list. You're at the top because they don't eat unless you eat. Okay, it's really that simple. So give them an opportunity to help you. Now, I tell this people all the time. You ain't got to take my word for nothing. Real talk. You can go to greeninglog.com. Look at their website. See all the awards that they've won. There's a bunch of them, all right? See all the clients that they've helped. They got a bunch of testimonials. They do what they do. Um, let them help you. 972-934-8900. Um, we were talking about something, and now the topic, for, I can't remember the topic. So I'm having an old man moment. It happens from time to time. But, uh, uh, oh, I did want to say, give a shout-out to Hector Flores. Uh, he's my boy. He's been he's listened to the show for quite a while. He sent me a picture the other day because he went to the, went to Smokey John's and picked up a jam session bowl and sent a picture. So uh, it did look delicious. Uh, my man uh, Lamar Murray picked one up the other day. Uh, no, actually, he said he wanted to pick one up, but he's trying to lose some weight. And so now is not the right time. But uh, if you buy Smokey John, Smokey Joe's pick up. I'm sorry. Smokey John's. You know, I'm thinking about Joe. So Joe came out. <laughs> Yeah, that's a Smoky different. That's, a, that's, that's, that's not the restaurant. That's one in Oak Cliff. Yeah, that not, I grew up at. Yeah, but uh, you know, uh, but I'm talking to Joe, so it got confused in my head. So if you're going to Smokey John's, try to try the jam session bowl. Now my boy said he almost picked up the Stan White, and most of y'all don't know what the Stan White is. That was Matt's second favorite. He was always partial to the jam session bowl because it was named after our show. But he loved the Stan White. Which was ribs and a piece of catfish, mm. and so he used to rock with that because he used to love the catfish at uh, Smoky John. So there's some a little something that you didn't know. Um, hey man, Michael Parson talked again. That make you happy? Yeah, I mean, I point? don't. It depends on what setting he's in. If he's on his uh, podcast, he tends to ramble a little bit, and uh, yeah, I don't really dig that as much, but. Uh, Press conference, he's, he's all right. He's, I think he's good. Well, well, actually, he was he was talking to Stephen A. Smith. Uh, now, obviously, Stephen A. is very successful at what he does. But sometimes Stephen A. gets on my nerves because he interrupts. He won't let you get a thought through because he's like, so really? Are you trying to? I mean, like, can you let the man finish his thought yeah. before you continue with yours? Yeah. Uh, you know, so but you know, who am I to say anything critical of Stephen A. Because he's clearly one of the best in the business at what he does. That being said, uh, he was on Micah's show, and then Micah was on his show. Uh, you know, talking about a variety of topics, and this is what I say about Micah. Micah talking has never bothered me, and here's why. I get the feeling that when Micah talks, he's speaking authentically. He's speaking straight from his heart. And that's sometimes why I come out imperfect because he really is speaking from his heart and he doesn't really have a governor. What comes to his mind, he says. And so um, some people would prefer that he not say everything that comes to his mind. And that's cool. I get that. But uh, to me, as long as you speak authentically, I can live with whatever you say because it's coming from the heart, whether I like it or whether I don't like it or whether I agree or whether I disagree. Um, obviously, the hot topic, man, is Cowboys officially hired Mike Zimmer last week. And uh, everybody wants to know, hey, how is Zimmer going to use him? And uh, how is he going to fit into Zimmer's defense? And is he going to get along with Zimmer the same way he got along with Quinn? Well, here's what Micah had to say about Mike Zimmer. 
Uh, I'm excited. Anthony Barr reached out to me, told me how good he is. Uh, Daniel Hunter talked to me how good he is. Um, man, I'm just excited for a fresh start, really. Um, um, I think that's good. It's always good. Now, I found the interesting part of that comment to be those guys reached out to him. He didn't call them. They were like, dog, you're going to love this dude. And to me, whenever you get a cosign like this, and I've had it before in terms of um, when I was covering the Cowboys, and for instance, uh, I didn't know Todd Archer before uh, he started uh, working at the Dallas Morning News, and now, of course, he's one of my good friends. Well, as soon as we hired him and word got out, I got a bunch of calls back in the day. Dog, you're going to love Archer, man. He's laid back. He's cool. He's a grinder. He's this, he's that. And it just makes you feel good about the hire. Just like and I'm not going to name this guy's name, this guy we were interviewing for a job at the Morning News, and, and, and uh, our relationship was fine at the time. I didn't really know him. I was getting to know him. And it was like, yeah, I don't know if you want that guy, man, because of A, B, and C. And that came from a number of different people. And so um, whenever that happens, you always judge each individual on your own relationship. You just kind of put it in the background to see if it validates or invalidates some of your own thoughts. But uh, that being said, I thought it was interesting that guys reached out to Micah to let him know uh, what was going on. What do you think? Yeah, I, I like the way he mentioned. When he mentioned Anthony Barr, perfect example. Guy who yeah. played with him for a long time and a uh, guy who actually played with the Cowboys, so he kind of knows Micah. And, uh, yeah, I thought it was cool. You always want to get some references. You know, you always want to yeah. know how people feel about it, so you kind of got to know how to – approach the situation or like you said look for the bs you know not true uh another interesting thing about uh micah and another interesting thing about zimmer is that if you think about it and this i thought about it a few days after the fact whenever you get a head coaching change what do teams usually do if they had a hard ass like parcells what do they want they want a softer players guy like wade phillips um, if they've had a, uh, a player's coach like Pete Carroll, you know, maybe they want a little bit more of a disciplinarian. Maybe Mike McDonald will give them that. Uh, but they typically go away from what they've had, typically. And so everybody knows, based on what you've heard, based on what you've seen, Dan Quinn is what? Player's coach. Guys love him. Uh, now, I'll tell you why the guys love him, and you can agree or disagree. Well, actually – you can say, I think it's more of a whether you think that's good for players or bad for players. You can't really agree or disagree with why they loved him. Um, and talking to guys all year in the last couple of years about Dan Quinn, the number one thing that kept coming out was Dan Quinn puts us individually in position to make plays by moving us around and putting us in a position to do what we do best. Uh, secondly, you can talk to him. And uh, you feel like uh, he's on your side and he'll listen to what you have to say. Um, now, Mike Zimmer, I don't think most people would term a player's coach. Most people would term him a disciplinarian, a guy who makes you hit his standard of, uh, and holds you accountable uh, for your performance, good, bad, or indifferent. That being said, here's what Michael Parsons had to say well, I think, about hold Mike up. Zimmer. I think you got to oh, have hey. some – I think I have – the number one thing is being consistent in what you do. 
If you're a right. player's coach or you're a disciplinarian, consistency, 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 and truth. Don't don't tell somebody it's raining when you're peeing down their leg, you know. That's the thing with uh, with a lot of coaches is they'll tell you one thing and mean another. Or they'll say one thing yeah. in a meeting and mean another. A lot of times it's consistency. Whether you're a player's coach or a disciplinarian, if you're consistent, players will respect that. Nah, they, that's why players are always talking about truth. Even if you give it to me hard, just give me the truth. Yep. Uh, better believe it. You know that's that's what they want, and then you can you can react to the truth, or you can change your game, or alter your game, or alter your situation based on the truth. Uh, you can't do that based on a lie because you're not working on the same page. Uh, so that being said, here's what uh, uh, Micah had to say about Mike Zimmer in terms of that. I just want to play winning football. I want to. I want everybody to be accountable. I want everybody locked in. I want you know and. What I hear is Zimmer's one of them guys is gonna have everybody accountable. I looked at all his press, I mean his press conference quotes. I just want a fresh start, man. I just want to change the culture. I didn't the Dallas Cowboys and win the championship. Now see that's interesting to me. I want to change the culture and the identity of the Dallas Cowboys this year. Now see, you know, now this is just my opinion, but sometimes I think uh, guys like Stephen A are so into their own opinion, which is fine because that's kind of what they are, opinion setters, that they're not really active listeners because they didn't really ask a follow-up question to that, which is, well, damn, you've been very successful at one level defensively, creating all these turnovers, doing all this other stuff on defense. What is it about the culture and the identity that you'd like to change? And that'll be one of the things I'll ask Micah, uh, you know, a couple months from now when they get together in the offseason. Um, the interesting thing to me about that is what did he do? He read Zimmer's quotes or listened to his press conference, so he got a feel for what Zimmer is uh, at least initially all about. Thoughts? Yeah, the reason Stephen A didn't ask that question because his ass ain't better than you. That's why he didn't ask that question. <laughs> I can't – hey, you might, I, I might be a little biased, but I can't stand his ass. He ain't – you know, he don't know. He don't – he don't know nothing about no damn football. That's I got to say that anyway. So he wouldn't ask that question because he ain't he ain't better than you, dog. So take that as a compliment or whatever you want to take. But that dude ain't better than you. I, and I another thing that. is is that's what that's the thing about Micah is that I don't like you said he ain't he coming from his heart. He ain't trying to say uh, last year sucked or we suck. He just said we need to get better. And he know Dan Quinn is gone. I don't think he dissing Dan Quinn. Not really, but he's saying we need to change. We need to get better. Whatever we're doing right now, we need to go on and, and get better and change our culture because it didn't work last year. That's what he was saying. Yeah. I think that's more what he's saying. Because culture, really, culture is really how the players feel about each other and the accountability between. You can coach and you can own, but the culture of the team is how accountable are you to the next man and how do you feel about playing to the next man and how can you pull the next man up? You know, that's that's the culture that he want to change. That's what I think anyway. Now, you know, I was, I was sitting here thinking about that because um, I've never been a part. I mean, I, I played some freshman football, but I didn't play varsity football. Uh, my mother, I, probably, I don't know if I would have made a varsity team. I guess I would have if I stayed through the program long enough as a senior because it's not like I was god-awful. But uh, my mother instituted her own part of no pass, no play. Um, and so I just I never even really got into my sophomore year. 
because uh, now nah, my grades weren't good. Um, that being said, that's a whole that's a whole nother subject. Because me, me and you both have been known as academic underachievers in our lifetime. It wasn't that we was we we didn't know the academics. I guarantee you that's a similar similar line. And I know we going on the exit ramp, but sometimes you academically unachieved because it's just you not. Uh, what am I trying to say? You not trying. Or you're not doing what you're supposed to. Because my mom did the same. See, I do the same thing. You know, them, if I could make a C, I'm good. Then when Ross Perot took the C away, oh, shit. I had to buckle down, you know. So, uh, or no, the D, was, um, or the D. He took the D away. He That's took what the D was. away. Yeah, that was horrible. That's a big thing. Yeah. No, I was, uh, uh, we can take this exit ramp because I think it's good for people to hear there's more than one way to attack school and as a teacher as a college professor now you know I told my kids at SMU the first day of school first day of class I don't care about grades and they all looked at me like what and I was like I care about what you learn and I, I have several things five or six things I want you to learn this semester if you learn them then the grade that you want you will get if you don't learn them then it won't, you know, it'll be a lesser grade. But my whole intent, this whole class is designed to make you learn these five or six things I want you to learn. And so if you pay attention, you show up to class, you do the work, it's almost impossible not to learn these things, which is why in 11 years, only three people have earned C's. Everybody else has gotten A's and B's because I want you to learn. I'm not trying to trick you. So now if you relate that to me, I was like this. If I liked the class and I was interested in the class, I typically got an A or a high B. Yep. If I didn't like the class or I wasn't interested in the class, I usually got a C or or a D. <laughs> and if it was math, I probably failed it. Yeah. And that's really how my academic career went. <laughs> Me, I was in high school and in college. I was more like, all right, if I wasn't interested in the class, I'd be like, all right, look, how many grades you taking this semester? Well, all right. So I, that means I can, I can, uh, I can, I can like blow off three assignments and average eighty nine on the on on nine and still get a C in here. Why do you work so hard to be average? That's okay. They figured out all they got to do is talk to my mom, and that that shit was soon to be, you know, dealt with and done over. You know, why she'd be like, "Why do you have a, why do you have a ninety eight on the semester test, but you have a C plus in this class?" And I just shrugged my shoulders. You know I'm lying. I don't know. It's because I was BSing on the homework and the rest of that stuff and not worried about transcripts and all of that. You know, I don't know. It's 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 wild how you can fool around academically and still be a pretty 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 sharp person or a good student. Well, here's my son who in high school got mostly mostly A's and B's, a few C's, but he never and I will say never, a word I rarely use, applied himself at all. And many times I'd be like, hey, dog, you got a week to get this grade up <clears throat> to where it's supposed to be, otherwise your life is going to change, uh, be it no car or whatever. And he would always do it. So that's why I say he, he underachieved. But he got to college, man, and we were talking one day, and this boy looked at me and said, you know, I, I went through all my classes at DeSoto and did what I was supposed to do, but I didn't learn a whole lot at DeSoto because uh, they didn't teach us a lot 
And then I wasn't interested in learning a lot. He said, in college, now this sounds crazy. He said, it's really conducive to learning. <laughs> so I'm paying attention. Uh, people aren't acting a fool in class, so you can concentrate. And I've decided, this is what the boy told me. He said, I've decided I like to learn. And I just started laughing, man. And so, um, you know, he made the dean's list his second semester. I think he's on pace to make the dean's list this year. And it's only because he enjoys learning now. And so you might call him up at any moment of the day. And he's like, hey, let me hit you back. I'm finishing up my homework. Or, hey, Dad, uh, I like hanging out with you, but I got to go right now because I got to go do some studying tonight. Dog, those words never passed my lips when I was in college. Oh, they all I was having that. a good time. Damn it, we exhausted the good time. Yeah. Well, they get they go to college and get busy anyway. So that's that's what they do. Well, yeah. But, uh, I know when my kids yeah. were little and I realized how smart they were and that they do apply themselves in school and that they was all three of them was going to go to college eventually. Guess what? I that's, that's instant pressure right there. Because I didn't want to be the one to screw that up. So I put in the work, whether it was whatever, you know, we got them all through school. We got one left to graduate. So, you know, hell, my daughter's an engineer. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, no cap. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, well, back to uh, back to your Cowboys and Micah Parsons. We're back up on the highway now. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And so what I like about Micah is he's authentic in these interviews um, I think he's excited about uh, Mike Zimmer. But, and I give Stephen A. credit for this. They did address the elephant in the room, which is the Dak Prescott. I call it the uh, conundrum. Uh, Dak Prescott is to the point of his career where play, fans, and I don't usually refer to fans that much, but in this case it makes sense. The fan base, you mentioned Dak Prescott. That's all you have to say. And the comment will either be, oh, he's, he's really good. They just got to give him a little more help, and I think he can do it. Or uh, this is as good as he's going to get. He's never going to be able to do it. Uh, we need to get rid of him and get another quarterback, give us a chance. Or somewhere in between those two things. Um, he hasn't had much playoff success lately. Uh, they haven't won a playoff. I mean, they haven't won, gotten past the divisional round. And uh, obviously this year was a disaster in Green Bay. That being said, I wanted to hear what Micah had to say about Dak. Here it is. Everything was going to point back to that point where Dak threw the pick, but Dak shouldn't even been to a 7-0 start. That's what people feel, like, accountability across the board. Like, if we, if, we, if we get that stop, right, how we did, if you watch the first three, four plays, we were shutting them down. If they punt that ball, and that changed the whole momentum of the game. Changed the whole on. On third and long, Dak wasn't third and, what is it, third and 12 and give up a first down to keep the drive going without Dak Prescott? If they punt that ball, it gives up the whole difference of the game. That's why I don't agree that it was just Dak Prescott. I know we could have done things differently defensively. What game is he talking and about? He's talking about the Green Bay game. Yeah, where they he, got behind early, and then he's he talking must. about, you know, they should have never put him in a position, to, even when he threw the pick, that uh, they should have been able to come back and uh, keep them in the game long enough for the offense to make something happen. You're talking about the uh, pick six? Yeah. Uh, I mean, but to me, that was when the game was over. But yeah, early on, yeah. he was talking about the uh, pass interference. I think it was Deron Bland. Yeah, third and Somebody 12. Somebody had a yeah. defensive hold yeah. on third and 12 that yeah. extended the drive. 
and uh, allowed Green Bay to get into a little bit of a rhythm, and then they went down and scored, and, all, and instantly the pressure was on the Cowboys uh, to come out and perform. Yeah, I appreciate um, his but, I appreciate his passion, but he had more hope than I had because I don't I don't know if it changed the comp- <laughs> I don't know if it changed the 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 outcome well, of the I game, mean, but I, I understand what he's saying. It ain't Dak's fault, but it ain't that 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 yeah, that, he, that ass whooping was going to happen. Also saying, Go ahead. I'm sorry. He's also saying that uh, people hold hold Dak to a higher standard than they hold other quarterbacks, whether it's Josh Allen or Joe Burrow or Tua Tonga Viola or whoever it is. And you know what, man? I'm just going to say this, and I ain't, I, don't, I don't think I'm breaking no news. Uh, the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, the center fielder of the Yankees, the center with the Lakers, that's just come with the territory, dog. <laughs> if you want that job. That's what come with it. Um, yeah. You know, there's pressure and uh, there's expectation because of the greatness that has preceded you. And there's no way around it. And you just have to accept it um, to a much lesser level. Much lesser level. I want to make sure that's clear. If you've been a columnist at the Dallas Morning News and you're following Randy Galloway and Blackie Sherrod and Frank Luxa, there's some pressure to come with that. People expect a certain level of competence, a certain level of uh, of work to be at the highest caliber. And if you're not ready for that pressure, you're not ready to perform at that level, then go, you got to find another gig or you got to go to another market where the pressure is not quite as intense. Say them, say them names again. Randy Galloway, Blackie Sherrod, and Frank Luxor. So you're speaking to a certain age group, but them some, them some cold-blooded people right there. Yeah, them, that's they, like. That's awesome this right there. That's, that's newspaper. Like the- that's newspaper people, <laughs> bro. That's why I say you speaking to people. That's before we put uh-huh. them damn phones in our hands and read it off ESPN and off the damn tablets. And all. That's newspaper. Yeah. That's wait for that thing to show up on your porch, man. Somebody throw that thing. Or you go to 7-Eleven and put the thing, the, the change in there. Or get You know what I'm saying? The, the paper yeah. machine. Man, you give, that's nostalgic. That's, that's my love of sports and box scores and all of that. Bro, thank you. I appreciate that. That's a, that's a good trip right there. I'm, that that kind of fired me up a little bit. <laughs> now, if you're of a certain age, just think of it like in terms of newspaper economists, opinion makers. That's like Pat Mahomes and, uh, you know, the greatest of the great right there, Tom Brady, and, you know, pick your third one, whoever you want that to be. Pat Mahomes, Tom like. Brady, Joe Montana. Yeah, yeah there you go. I never, like I, never pronounced, like uh, I never pronounced his name. I didn't know. I always said Luska. It was Luxa. Yeah, I just read it as Luskin, but yeah, yeah, I, I remember that stuff, man. Yeah, he came. We was in the press box one day. He came up with the funniest line, man. Uh, he said, "I can't remember what the circumstances were, but the Cowboys were coming back and they were going to win the game. I want to say we were, we were in Arizona, and he said, "Oh, this is one of those days where it's wine for my men and hay for my horses." <laughs> yeah, well, that's that. Like. That's that Willie Nelson, Toby Keith, whiskey for my men, beer for my horses. Hey, see, I was just like, dog, where are you coming up with this from? And uh, but Luxor was great with his chain smoking ass. Uh, loved him, man. Yeah, yeah. He chain talk- smoking ass and a, about a twenty nine inch waist, yeah. <laughs> long and lanky, looked like the quintessential Texan. All he needed was a hat. Yeah. But uh, he was a great dude, and that pen was slicing dice, dog. For um, sure. Mr. Nice Guy was slicing dice. 
Now, he wasn't like Galloway all in your face. Frank uh, Luxor was a little smoother with it. But it still got done. It yeah. still got done. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so my point is, you know, with Dak, um, and I think it's with a lot of Cowboys, man. I think uh, they have they have a bigger issue with um, the mental part of the game right now than the physical. And the mental can be very, very difficult, uh, extremely difficult to overcome. But if you're going to take it to the next level and ultimately win, at some point, you have to conquer it. And, uh, you know, you're probably a good person to talk about that because I'm sure when, you go, when you're in the service doing different tasks, whether it's something in basic training or something doing at some other thing, where it requires mental toughness for you to get through something you haven't been able to do, even if it's putting your gun together for the first time in whatever allotted time period they give you to do it. Uh, did you have anything where you had to battle through some mental thing? Yeah, you to had to learn. Done? You had to learn task, condition, and standards. And and slow is smooth, and smooth is fast. You know, take your time. You know, slow. I, I think I'm saying that right because I've been out a long time. Slow is smooth. Smooth is fast. You know, take your time, get it together. They're going to put you under some duress, but you focus on your task, your condition, your standard. And, yeah, it's a lot of mental blocks that you go through that you that you have to do, that you have to say. Like, I'll give you just a quick example. Like, say if you're doing, doing let's say if uh, you're running me, and we are running, and we are running, and we are running, you realize at one point you go, my mental, my way to clear all those mental hurdles is, we gotta get. It's gotta be over with sometime. You can't kill me. You're not gonna do. We're not gonna do this all night. So at some point, it's gonna stop. So I'm not gonna stop until you tell me to stop. And 99 percent of the time, that worked. So whether they running you or you climbing something or they sleep deprivation, you know, at some point, what you are teaching me, this shit you putting me through, you gotta stop. So that's how I got through a, a lot of different tasks, a lot of different stuff. But uh, yeah, it's a mental block. You know, you have to do. You know, you put you put it within yourself. You do different things. The little room that you can't kill me, or I'm gonna finish this. But I always say the culture stuff. I tell you, whether it's football or in a unit or at your job, it's the accountability. You know, you have to have amongst each other. You know. In yourself and with the person beside you, you gotta make it feel. You gotta feel like them guys are worth fighting for, or them guys are worth playing for, you know. And I don't know if that holds true so much in an environment, on probably on some NFL teams to a certain point, because you know that's getting paid some big bucks and it's a lot of opportunity. And are you protecting your brand? It's a lot of different stuff that pulls at the integrity or the accountability that goes into a team that don't pull into the accountability or integrity in a damn army unit or a job. I got you. Um, and uh, the last thing that uh, Michael touched on, and I don't know how I feel about this. I mean, I, I guess at one level it's cool. Mm-hmm. At another level, I think it's all about perspective and meaning. Well, let me let you hear what Michael said when it relates to Jerry Jones, and then I'll have an easier time talking about it. Gotcha. That's what I like about Jay, um, and which I was dope. I think Jay's one of the best uh, GM, like owners that I've been around. And not even just I've been around because I've only been on one team, but from what I've heard from other uh, NBA and NFL players, 
And, and it's just like this. The Super Bowl, Jerry sees me walking out the wind. Jerry was at the wind. He says, hey, you going to the Super Bowl? I said, yeah, um, I'm going. He said, come come see us. And I was like, hey, you got any extra tickets? You know, I got some homeboys that want to come. Jerry sends me four extra tickets to the Super Bowl suite. Um, and we just sit and talk from before the game until the whole half about players I want to bring in, players I want to be around, who do I need, who do I want to be with, future of our team. Um and that's just dope to have that type of feedback with an owner that, you know, loves to hear your ideas and what you think and where the team can be. And, you know, Jerry's been, you know, pretty amazing about that with my family and stuff like that. So I've had, had them conversations with him and we spoke for two, three hours just since we were alone. And that's, I, I find that to be very interesting. Like at one level, I'm cool with that. I'm down with that. At another level... I hope that it is. Uh, I hope that he listens intently to what Micah says, and that it's just all part of a process. You know, because in general, in general, players are some of the worst people ever at determining what players are good to work with them. And all you got to do is go look at Jordan as a GM. I mean, with, with whether he was with Charlotte, uh, you know, different people that. Uh, I had this dude's head in my mind in my head. Oh, even LeBron. LeBron is always asking him, asking the team to go get me this guy and go get me that guy, and then uh, it didn't work out the way I thought it was going to work out. So players sometimes can be the worst judge. And I know for a fact, if you look at the team, at the, at the the when players talk about who the best players in the league are, halftime they don't even know. They just look at the stat sheet because they're so focused on their own team. Um, so that being said, yeah, your opinion matters, and we'd like to hear what, what you think will make you better. But I hope it's all part of a process and not Jerry taking notes like, hey, Micah says he wants a big Joe and a big rig at defensive tackle. Let's, uh, let's go move heaven and earth because he's a free agent. Go get him. I don't know if we want that. Well, man, I'm going to tell you, uh, that's the type of thing Mike, Michael don't need to be talking about. You do, <laughs> you do that, but you don't talk about it. He ain't, he ain't buying. Uh, let's see, Terrence Steele, Terrence Steele gets them extra tickets, or uh, Javon no. Curse get them extra tickets. I wish I could help you out, fellas. I, I've used my kids got my allotment. Yeah, I don't. You know, yeah. I mean, he is a star player, or you might want to say the star player, but. Are you are you giving him them extra tickets and taking his homeboy somewhere? So when contract negotiations, you say, man, haven't I always taken care of you? Haven't I always hey, man, done this? Well, I, I don't know. That that much. Well, I'm just saying it. But to me, it's like Russell Wilson, almost like Russell Wilson having an office in the damn Bronco thing, and that's what your boy. Well, we ain't gonna get into your homeboy Sean Payton and all that. But yes, but yeah, I mean, I'm I just saying it's, do. It, it's a team. It's more of a team thing, but you're going to know more about that than me when it comes to players and uh, star players and their relationship to the owner. I think uh, I think it's no big deal. I mean, probably whether it's the GM or whether it's the owner, and Jerry clearly has a special case because he's both, um, that person typically sits down or text messages or calls up. You know, I'm sure, uh, and they did it with Aikman, Hey man, we thinking about doing this on offense. Uh, what do you think about these four receivers? Oh, I think this one could do this and this one could do that. Well, if you had your druthers, who would you like? Well, I'd love to get this guy and this guy. 
Ah, that guy, eh, you know, whatever. Is that, is, the that last guy, nah. is that 10 year Troy Aikman or is that six year Troy Aikman? Is that third year? See what I'm that saying? Was like, it's, uh, that was more like four or five year Troy Aikman. Yeah, but, he, he uh, got a better idea who he wants. You know, yeah, uh, but, offense you know, a little I'm different. Saying, so I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Um, yeah. Micah is clearly the, the best player on your defense. He's going to be here for 10 years. And so, you know, you can take his opinion and. You know, he handed over to Will McClay and Mike McCarthy and, you know, do with it what you will. Okay. Um, so, uh, but I just found all that interesting. Um, I think uh, I think he shows that he's – I think I also think he shows he's invested in the team. And he's trying to figure out – I don't think he knows exactly what is required to get better. But I think he's, in his own way, trying to figure out all the things we can do to get better. And I think that that's a positive. Yeah, long as long as – one thing you want to hear about – Michael Parsons is that he's working on his craft. All that talking and all that good stuff, but I think that dude is a hard worker, so I really don't have a problem with what he's saying. Like some of the things I think he need to be quiet about, but long as long as the the first part, the first part is hey, I'm working on my craft. I'm working on that. He kinda of saw that a little bit last year. He kinda of reverted back to his his first couple of years last year after he started doing because his, his I keep saying his um, his hands is gonna make him all world one day, but not today. Right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's move on to to uh, the All Star Game, which is today. Does everybody know it's today? It's tonight at seven o'clock. I doubt seriously that I'll watch it. Uh, before we get into that, uh, Luka Doncic will be there for the Mavericks, which is why we're talking about it. But my man Brad Townsend had an interesting story today. Uh, front page, I mean, front page of sports section at Dallas Morning News, and it's talking about why why Luca is not getting much attention for the for MVP, even though he's averaging you know ridiculous ridiculous numbers. And I didn't really think it was um, I didn't really think it was that odd that that he wasn't getting a lot of attention for MVP. Uh, because the team ain't no good. I mean, relatively speaking, I mean the team is is okay, but they're not one of the best teams in the in the league. And so, even though you're averaging thirty point thirty four point two points a game and a damn near triple double, it's still about you know how's your team doing when it relates to MVP. And even you know even though we know if you took Luke off, they might on they might be down there with uh, Detroit uh, as one of the worst teams in the league. It just the way it works is the MVP usually goes to the best player on the best team. Didn't Westbrook win MVP? Yeah, but I think that was the first year that somebody averaged a triple double. Yeah, but his team wasn't that good. I don't think they was okay. Right. I don't think they did much, but because but he was doing everything. So. Mm, but I think that was. I mean, that's the once known. he once he had a year with a triple double, and then he did it again. It was like okay, we've seen that done that. So now we the yeah. standards raised that alone. Yeah. Will not get you. So yeah, Lucas averaging thirty four points, eight rebounds, nine and a half assists, which are phenomenal numbers. But now that it's been done, you know, people have moved on. Like, okay, a triple double is great, but you know, we've seen somebody average a triple double for a season. So eh, we've been there, seen it. Right. Um, you know, even though it's still a terrific thing. So um, you know, but uh, so I, I just think that. Uh, I think he's worthy of the, of the discussion, but I'm not surprised he's not in the discussion. Um, 
That being said, and I'm, I'm not going to use that phrase anymore today because I think I've said that enough. Uh, that's my own personal self-editing. So, yeah, that's how I listen to the show. Do you care about the NBA All-Star game? No, not really. I think mm-hmm. I'm, 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 um, I think I've told you this before. Um, I used to watch everything before COVID. And then COVID took sports away, and slowly but surely, I'm crawling back into watching everything. I went away from baseball. I went away from basketball. I think in, I used to watch. I mean, it was always a game on wherever I was. If it's a game on, I was watching it. Girls basketball, women's basketball, whatever. I was watching it. But when COVID came, I kind of went outside a little bit. Or I kind of found other things to do. Uh, podcasting is one of them. Uh, hell, drones, podcasting, a little more range time. I just found other things to do when they took sports away, and so the All Star well, game before is not that, one of them. Were you watching? Were you watching the All Star game before that? Yes. Yes. Even though, how come? Because I was because because sports was sports was important. I uh, mean, okay. just the game. Oh, yeah. Just no, no, no. I ain't tripping. I'm just saying the game was. You know, it was just all. That's what I'm saying. COVID kind of screwed that up for me when they took it away because games was always important. Hell, if I walked in a bar or a restaurant, I'm sitting close to whatever game is on there. Hell, it could have been badminton on there. Or hell, it could have been curling or something. I'm like, who's going to curl the fast? Who's going to sweep the floor the fast? <laughs> sweep the ice the fastest or whatever. You know, it just was, that was just me. You know, but the All Star games is. I don't know. It's not really my thing no more. Maybe that's a younger guy's thing or the kid's thing or somebody who – well, I love the NBA, but I'm not really the all-star game. I'm more, well, I mean, I used to like the all-star game when they played, mm-hmm. but they really don't – and to me, like, I understand why the Pro Bowl quit being the Pro Bowl. Like, football is hard on your body. Like, I'm not finna come out here and really be playing a game, a worthless exhibition game and get myself hurt and, and really ruin my career. Because f- football is that kind of game. You can't go half-ass in football. You have to go all out and play to make sure that you don't get hurt to play the game the way it's supposed to be played. And so I even get that in hockey. Like, you don't want to be running up, checking and getting checked and doing all that yeah. stuff in, in hockey. Yeah. Um, so that makes sense to me why those all-star games are a joke of what they did. But, dog. Everybody plays pickup basketball, and you play it basically the way you play basketball. Now, maybe your defensive intensity is not a 10, but maybe it's a 7. Oh, you still get hurt, but yeah. I, but, I see what you you're know, saying. You just play the game. Yeah. They don't play the game, man. And so it ain't even interesting to me. I mean, it's just uh, – it's. I would rather I would rather them do like they did that year in the Olympics where they just taped the practice. I would rather go watch them practice, maybe where they would be like practicing for real. What's the What's the format? What do you mean they don't play the game? You mean they don't play hard, or they just yeah, don't, they don't play, play hard? Game? They don't play hard. So yeah. I mean, it's just a waste of time to me. The best thing about those All Star games when I watched them was to see who was actually going to go hard and who was actually going to, you know, like which rookies or players want to go hard. Usually, the yeah. guy from in the NBA All Star game, the guy from that city, was in Philadelphia, Allen Iverson was going to win it. If you yeah. was in, you know, uh, in the, the NFL Pro Bowl was, was was notorious for somebody playing too damn hard. 
You know, uh, Marshall Falk, I think, ran the hell out of them one year. Uh, Sean Taylor knocked the hell out of everybody in yeah, the Pro Bowl. I think, there was, I think it was still kind of playing then. Yeah, but I'm saying it was always somebody was trying to go too hard, and it was like they pissed somebody off. What about uh, when Vander, Vander Jack talked noise yeah. about uh, – Peyton Man, he talked some kind of noise. He said, I was throwing the ball to Jerry Rice, and I lick it up, kick it, start talking noise. I was like, damn. So, yeah, it was that was they was kind of playing hard, and they kind of enjoyed it, so I kind of enjoyed it. But, nah, I started living a little bit, and I only got premium time to watch real games and do stuff. So, nah, I don't watch an all-star game. Not no knock on nobody that do, but nah, I got time. To, I got to do other stuff. Uh, well, hopefully Luca play well. But I used to really enjoy the NBA All Star Game. Uh, I used to really enjoy it because you saw the best players in the world mm-hmm. playing an organized pickup game, going hard and trying to win. And and it was important to him to win. Now it's really not important to him. And maybe that's I mean I don't know because Jordan was still making a bunch of money. What about the uh, uh, the baseball All Star Game? Now that's what? that's the last one that that I like that one because that's the one that's really still true. It counts for something. Yeah, I mean. Um, but I mean, they just they play baseball for the most part the way you play baseball. I try to hit, I try to pitch. The only thing they don't do is ain't nobody, uh, ain't nobody brushing you off the plate, right? And ain't nobody going in spikes up on second base trying to break up a double play. But everything else, I'll try to make a dive and catch. I'll try to strike you out. I'll try to go in a hole and throw across my body and, and, and make a play from deep short. All of that is still in play. Now, so, what happens if you win the All Star Game baseball? Uh, they took that out, and that was oh, dumb too. Yeah, okay. when they used to give home field advantage to uh, the winner, that was dumb, right? Because it's still an exhibition game. I mean, if it meant something, then your best pitcher would pitch seven innings, uh, but instead, everybody's just pitching one inning, so or two innings at the most for the most part. So, okay, I didn't know they took that out. Yeah, no, I haven't really watched any of these All Star games in a long time. I'll dabble with the baseball one if I have time or I find myself around the TV. But they're all just kind of a joke to me these days. And so I don't give them uh, I don't give them any time. I'd rather watch them on Netflix. <laughs> and with that, man, let's take a uh, trip around the block. Around the block. Now, I got some good news this day. Uh, Big Joe and the Big Rig had sent me a um, text about it, but I had seen it earlier in the day about if it's in the game, it's in the game. Oh, my God. I got to take a very quick exit ramp. I'm so embarrassed, man. I was looking up something to, to describe this trailer, and I saw my Ohio State Buckeyes storming the court in basketball because we beat Purdue. I got to tell you something. We big enough. We ought not be storming the court, man, unless it's to win a national championship or go to the Final Four. That's just me. Uh, but anyway. Purdue been uh, pretty good. They've been pretty good for the last four or five years. Yeah, I know, man, but, you know. Okay, let me – I'm depressed now. Let me get back. Uh, EA Sports College Football, my all-time favorite video game, is coming back. I was depressed and sad when it left. And can I, can I tell y'all a secret? Just real talk now. When I heard a rumor that it felt like it was coming back. And I really started to really believe it in around September, October. Just real talk now. 
I went out and got a PS5 just so I could be ready whenever it did come out in the summer, bro. I didn't want to have to go fight and wait one and watch the prices go up because people go, oh, everybody wants one now. Let's raise the prices on it. So I got one during the downtime. That's a good idea. No, real talk. I did that, dog. And so uh, I'm ready. It's my all-time favorite game. FIFA is a close second. But college football, man, there was nothing like building a dynasty. Me and you used to edit players and put great recruits on there so we'd have to deal with them. If not, try to recruit them ourselves. It was a, it was a great time. Well, you forget the number one thing. You can play 10 different offenses. Yeah. Spread, option, wing, whatever, wishbone, whatever you want. It's crazy, man. Lead option. I bet they're going to put RPOs in there. Oh, there's no doubt they're going to put RPOs in there. Yep. No doubt. If it's in the game, it's in the game. Uh, but it was my all-time favorite. Now, it was my favorite because... Now, everybody likes to play video games differently. I like to play franchise mode. Yep. I didn't enjoy franchise mode in Madden. This is just me now because I, I prefer an element of realism. And I probably remember calling you up bitching you one year because Randy Moss was on the Lions. And I was like, Randy Moss would never, ever leave the Vikings to go play for the Lions. And one year, somebody else went to some other team. I was just like, maybe it was Peyton Manning left the Colts to go. So I was just like, that would just never happen, dude. And it's dumb to me. They should fix the algorithm so that that never happens. And so I just, because I like to play friend, I just got tired of it. And so I went to college football where what? Players change over every four years. You know, you don't even know the, most of the players outside the top four or five guys on teams not in the conference that you play. And so I was like, so now it don't matter who's on there. I don't know. And they change over completely every four years. So it makes sense that I don't know none of these cats. So I enjoy college football like that. What what uh, what'd you enjoy most about college football? Like I said, you never get bored because you can switch offenses. Um, a lot of the traditions um, that you can go to other teams. Um, then you can break records. At other schools You go to school That was a damn running school And you can go break All the passing records It was pretty good There's a lot of things That they do You never get bored with Because 118 teams Or whatever And then uh, The uh, uniforms is Another thing It's just a great It's just a great sports game And like you said A lot of these games uh, Including NBA 2K And stuff like that Probably FIFA 2 They started Letting you have Editable I'm going to say it, editable content where you can edit everything about the games. The player yes, sir. Ratings, player ratings, the cities, all of that. You can rate stuff and you can make it tough on you. It's just a way to customize a game for your best experience. Man, you know, I think that's the best thing right there, what you just said. Yeah. You can literally customize the game for your best experience, whether you want it, however you want it. You can make it that way. Yeah. Um, whatever my, my pace. My boys used to, my, my oldest son used to, he'd be mad because Kobe would retire. He'd go make Kobe 21 years old. <laughs> you know, so Kobe could play another 10 years. You know, Right, right, right. And what I got tired of when I played 2K at first, before they straightened it out, I'd play the Lakers and Kobe would take four shots. Yeah. So you'd go over there, you could go over there and edit what they made it where you could edit where he would shoot the hell out the ball. 
Which is what he would do. Yeah, which is what he would really do. So, yeah, the game, it's making realistic. But the game now is pretty realistic. It's probably my favorite sports game. No, that's what I liked about the game. If it's in the game, it's in the game. And uh, that's one of the great marketing slogans for me of all time. But here's the problem. Yes. When you're playing at Ohio State and you recruit that freshman, and Texas off him twelve million, and he leave your ass. Don't call, don't, 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 yeah. call, don't call me. Don't Bitching call me. Moaning. I don't want to hear. It. Like they gonna put they gonna put uh, nil in there. You know, art, oh, art, yeah. art imitates life. Life imitates art. Whatever you want to say, but yeah, that's that's the crazy part, right? I want to see how they implement that, and whether whether I need to turn it off. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> You can turn it off because, you know. Because now, you know, I mean, recruiting is like, how much can I get uh, for real? And oh, yeah. So it's almost like, um, you know, I don't know how they're going to do recruiting and how they're going to add I bet it, they give you a, I bet they give you, if they probably have it where you can turn it off, but they probably give you some kind of budget. And so you're going to be minding your own business and you're going to click the off-season button It's going to say, hey, uh, Jimmy Williams, your starting quarterback, says that uh, Vanderbilt is offering him uh, eight hundred, uh, you know, eight million. That's kind of out of your budget for quarterback. Do you want to cut somebody? You know, it's gonna be some crazy. That's, uh, that's probably how it's going to work mm-hmm. because that's probably how it's going to work. They're gonna give you a budget. Ohio State will have a budget of like thirty million. Yep. You know, Kentucky may have a budget of like eight million. Yep. Um, you know, Vandy may have two million, and you know, it's gonna be that that kind of party. Oh, and you're yeah. gonna see why all these coaches quit and go to the NFL. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or like you said, you're gonna turn that mess off. You know. Yeah. Yeah. That's just. And, I'm, I'm uh, probably I'm, gonna be one of them ones turn it off because it's gonna make you. It's gonna make you play at a bigger school. You know. Right. You ain't gonna be. I mean, I spent ten years at Duke. You know. Well, you know, I went to Clemson before Clemson became before Dabo turned them into a superpower. Yeah. Because I like them orange uniforms and I like them purple pants. Yeah. And so I was at Clemson uh, playing games for years before Clemson. That's why I used to like Clemson once they got good. Yeah. I already was familiar with the program and the traditions and all this other stuff from yeah. playing with them on college football. So, yeah, that's another thing. You you learn those traditions. Touch the rock and all of that. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah, that's pretty good. That's one of the things I liked about it too because a lot of things you don't know about. Now they yeah. did fix A and M where the A and M didn't have no cheerleaders. They had cheerleaders running out there at A and M that time. <laughs> I actually like play Notre Dame because you put your own schedule together. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you know, but you know me, I, I'm gonna I'm love it now for one reason. Everybody got multiple uniforms. Oh yeah, Oregon Oregon got, got about Oregon got about 150. Uh, Colorado gonna have about 152. Yeah. Okay. Okay, but that's what I like to buy Oregon car, man. You could just, and then a different color field, you know, like the damn blue field they got up there in Boise. Nah, I didn't like that. Yeah, I, I mean, I, it looked realistic, but it, it's too much. It was cool. I liked it. I just couldn't get down with it. Yeah, Oregon, uh, the color, the, cause I played, I played there about ten years and never used the same uh, uniform once. Damn. Yeah. Now you know the thing about Ohio State is I never spent any. I think I played one season at Ohio State. Yeah. They were too good to jump with. I always like to take bad programs and make them good. And so I, I think I played with Northwestern or Purdue or somebody who was sorry in the Big Ten, so I could play yeah. Ohio State. 
Well, you know me, I was black and gold. Colorado, when they suck. Vanderbilt. Yeah. Uh, Purdue. Yeah. I played with them three, took them, yeah, built them up into national powers. And what's cool about the game is they stay national powers after you leave. Yeah, because so, yeah, you recruit enough good, good players there. But that's, uh, that's college football it's supposed to be out sometime this summer. Now, in the old days, I remember going up to GameStop at about 11 o'clock, waiting in line. Uh, so then when they released it at 12 o'clock, Boy, that was come a, get it. That's why I was telling you. Remember we talked about that a couple months ago, how me, you, and Calvin, I had a PlayStation 2 first. And then I found them at Best Buy in Arlington. And right. I stood there at the damn electronics desk with my arms folded, standing by two, them two damn, hey, hey, they, they, the security was looking at me like, this guy going to try to run with this shit. He's going to try to run out of here with these damn PlayStation. And finally, y'all showed up looking like reinforcements and shit. And uh, y'all showed up and uh, we y'all bought them. And the security, them guy was going like, woo, because it was like two or three guys standing off to the side like, this dude finna try to grab these things and run. No, nah, I was just holding them for y'all. That's what we well, did back in the day. You well, know? Then after that day, you would call the store, you go buy it, put it on reserve, mm-hmm. and then you show up at like twelve thirty after the initial rush is over. Walk right in, pick it up, and uh, well, I did wait in. I did wait in. Me, my daughter, and my oldest son waited in the cold for the PlayStation Four over in Fort Worth, and then they came out and they gave us numbers because people was cutting right. in line. Yep, and they gave us nothing. Said here, you know, I think I, I think I still got my, I, hell, I could, <laughs> I got the box anyway. I got to play here, but uh, I think I was like one. I think I was like eighty one or seventy one or something like that, and people were still trying to cut. And uh, yeah, we just had we just waited and we walked in and hey, give them the number, give you the PlayStation Four. It's all much good. Better than that, though. Oh yeah, you gonna you gonna hey. Now would you wait in line again? Or would you just download it? No, nah, I waited in line for the system. I'm talking about the oh, game. Oh, not the game? No, no. Because you I mean, might just... for old just, time's sake. Here's the thing about it is. Not for no... Hell no, not for no old time's <laughs> sake. Because um, it's just better to download because even on PS5, you got to... If you're going to change... The, I know this sound lazy as hell. But if you're going to change the game, you got to pop the disc out and put the disc in. But if you right. got them download on your console, you just switch, you just switch the game. Right, so right, that right. aggravates you, which is aggravating me now, because <laughs> I got uh, I have a hard copy of uh, basketball because it was on sale. So I, you know, and I have a downloaded copy of Madden, and I think FIFA. I have the disc, which I you left the disc here. I think on purpose. So I was gonna catch on to that, but I don't know. That's a little too quick for me. Plus, I'm not that interested in soccer like that. But it's a it's yeah. an excellent game, though. Yeah, I mean, you gotta have a little soccer interest. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty to make good. it worth to make it worthwhile for. Yeah, but yeah, I'd like to download them better. The only thing is, when the game is old, you don't get no store credit for it. You can take the disc back and pay toward the right. the, 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 the new one. But when you download, nah, you don't get nothing. Nah, so nothing at all. Yeah, but it's just quicker. But no, nah, I ain't standing in line. I'm too old for that shit now. So. <laughs> no, nah, I ain't. Nah, I ain't standing in line for the game. But I don't know. I could. I could be lying. I don't know. If that's the only way to get it, I guess I'm gonna be in line. 
It'll be interesting. Yeah. It'll be uh, it'll be interesting how how it all goes down. But college football is back, um, and I want to tell y'all again: it's a billion dollar industry. All right, there's not there's not little kids and teenagers buying these games. It's adults buying them, spending money on them, lots of money on them. Whether it's Madden, uh, Call of Duty, whatever their game of choice is, college football, Tiger Woods golf. It don't matter. NBA 2K, FIFA. I mean, you'd be surprised. I think FIFA is like the world's leading game because you got to remember soccer is a global game. Yep. They're playing FIFA all over the world. Yep. They're just playing Madden for the most part in the States and here and there, other places. Oh, you'd be surprised, you know. Well, I mean, truck, you know, truck, know what I'm NFL saying? Truck drivers, mechanics. Yeah. You ask the dude, you play FIFA? Yeah, man. Yeah. You know, hey, it's, no, it's, check this out. Um, the Rangers in their clubhouse. This was around 2011, 2012, 2013, somewhere in there. They had a system set up, and they had a round robin FIFA tournament going, and guys would be in there playing on FIFA, uh, you know, before the games. You know, right around four o'clock, in between all the other stuff that they had to do when they had downtime, they'd be in there playing FIFA, man. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, the game is the game, bro, and that's uh, that's video games for you. Uh, but it's coming. I'm excited about it. Uh, somebody hit me on Twitter talking about uh, they were going to take the week off the game came out <laughs> because they wanted to play uninterrupted and get to know it. Somebody else was saying, I hope they make it unique and don't just copy it like uh, Madden uh, because people have a lot of complaints about Madden these days, whether you agree with them or disagree with them. Yeah, it's possible. They always take some mechanics from Madden, but they always make college football unique. I mean, I still play 2014. Remember, I told you I went and bought a PlayStation 3. And I always kept my copy. It's really a great game. Um, the graphics is a little dated, but it's still a great game. If you can get past the graphics, it'll take you about three or four games to get past that. Well, they revamped it. Some people revamped it, but I'm not as technical. I was going to do it where you can download and jailbreak the PS3 and make it do stuff, but eh, I ain't got time for much. that. Yeah, it's a little too much. It's a little past my uh, pay grade, so. I'm gonna leave it alone, but yeah, it's, it's pretty good. I, I hope they can. I hope they do a good job. Um, I'm, I'm, I, you got me. You got me kind of questioning myself. What I was. What I stand in the rain for it. I probably. <laughs> I probably would. Yeah, I ain't gonna lie. Yeah, I changed up on that. Yeah, I'm standing. I'm gonna stand out there for it. <laughs> I ain't gonna. Right. I ain't gonna push no little kids out the way. Right. I ain't gonna be in, be back in like back in the day when we used to play them tournaments and them little kids come up and beat us. Whatever that place was in Dallas that we used to go to. Yeah, I can't think of it. You know what I'm Not talking Frank's about? Not Frank's place. Huh? Not Frank's place. Maybe. We had a lot of tournaments we was playing. Them little kids was beating us in Madden. I think that was Frank's place. Yep. I don't remember going anywhere. Frank was the owner. I can't remember the name of the place, nor can I remember where it was. Yeah. That was do that was during our no our young naysayers with money uh days. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> Maybe it was off of Royal Lane, dog. That's what it's for. I me, went man. over there with you. And we was beating people in Madden, and these little kids showed up and just started mollywopping our ass like, all right, then. Yeah, next time, like fellas. Sometime. Yeah, next time. Yeah, it'd be like that. It'd be like that sometime. Yes, sir. Right. Well, that was a that was an extended trip around the block, but anytime you're talking about video games, it's all good. Heck yeah. Uh, let's wrap it up with a little baseball talk. Pitchers and catchers have already reported to surprise Arizona. Uh, the Rangers are getting ready. And, uh, you know, man, 
this is all I'm going to say about the Rangers right now. The season is so long that um, there's not, you know, you have to, you can't take a football mentality to the baseball season, okay? That's what I like to tell people. You can't take a football mentality to the baseball season. They play 162 games. And here's the deal. <clears throat> They've already had some injuries, all right? You know, and so uh, they, they lost uh, Josh Young, uh, third baseman, really nice hitter. Uh, they lost him to a calf strain. Have you ever strained your calf? Yes. That thing is, I mean, you don't realize all the, all the work that the calf does, man, till you strain that thing. Um, I was trying to push a uh, basketball goal, and I stretched, and I heard that thing go, oh, and I thought wow. I had torn something. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the only time in my life I've, I've heard an audible muscle pop. And my calf, man, I couldn't, I could barely walk for two days. And then it got progressively better. And then about a week and a half, two weeks, I was straight. It was only a strain? That wasn't a tear or nothing? No, nah, like it was that? a strain. Because oh, okay. I didn't have to go to the doctor. I thought I was after day two, after yeah. day one. Yeah. But at the end of day two, it loosened up some. And, uh, and, and then it eventually got better and better every day. Uh, you know, how'd you do yours? Work. You know, I remember I used to deliver restaurants, run up and down the ramp, delivering yep. restaurants. And sometimes, sometimes you get a strain where you learn to work with a, with a leg and a half. <laughs> so, you know. um, but, uh, yeah, it mostly work. Sometimes I, I had a strain. I pulled my knee. I like I stretched my knee out in my calf one time playing ball in the championship game and playing semi-pro. The quarterback pump faked and I jumped for the ball and like the bottom part of my leg stayed in the turf and the rest of me kind of jumped up. That's that old AstroTurf that'll burn the shit out. you. not that stuff they play on the day. But, right. uh, hell, I limped the whole game, but I didn't go out of the game. But yeah, it was a strain and it hurt like a son of a gun. Uh, so, you got, he's going to miss two or three weeks. Uh, you got Corey Seager out probably to the start of the season um, with um, He's got an abdominal. He has surgery to repair a hernia, sports hernia. Damn. Uh, and so, you know, there's also some people mad because the Rangers aren't going to spend uh, basically $20, 25000000 million a year to bring back Jordan Montgomery, who's the hero of the postseason. Uh, but, you know, man, that's okay. Uh, this is not like when the Rangers didn't bring the team back uh, after they won in 2011. All right? Wait, you can no, the Mavericks didn't. Who did I say, the Rangers? Yeah. I meant the Mavericks. Yeah. This, is not the, this is not a situation where Mark Cuban thinks he's smarter than everybody else. I thought that was awful. Man, that was. Well, he had some, I'm smarter than everybody else. Yeah, he did. Here's how everything is going to go down, and if we don't do it, we'll be better served. And it just yeah. blew up in his face. So this is not that. That's kind of like the, Eric Dampier for Steve Nash type yeah. of shit. Yeah. Uh, the Rangers have spent enough money. They're in the luxury tax, all right? They got uh, they spent a bunch of money last year. They spent a bunch of money this year. And to me, they're not spending on Montgomery because, yeah, he was terrific in the second half of the season. But he's a 31-year-old lefty who's never won more than 10 games, and we ain't trying to pay him $25 because he had a good postseason run. I mean, that's really what it is. If you had a history – of being a 15-game winner and you had that postseason run, 
then yeah, we pay you $25 million a year. But dog, you had a great postseason and a good two months with us. I don't know if that means we need to invest five years and $125 million in you. And I can't really argue with that logic, considering how much other money that they've spent. And so I think for them, it's about uh, just playing good baseball when the season starts. Uh, you don't have to have great pitching to win in the regular season. You got to have it in the playoffs. You just need good enough to stay in the games. And their offense is such that uh, if guys play the way we anticipate them playing, they will beat up bad pitching. And you're going to see a lot of that in the big leagues. And I, I think they'll be fine until the second half of the season, which is when they expect DeGrom to come back, when they expect, um, you know, who's, who's my old man? I'm in my old man moment. Mark, uh, who's the other guy that they got? The big time guy from the Nationals who pitched with the Tigers. Max Scherzer. There you go. You know, sometimes I had these old man moments. Uh, and so I, can, I just can't think of it for the life of me. But anyway, they have that coming. They have those guys coming back. Um, you know, so I think they'll be fine initially, even if they tread water a little bit. Uh, their lineup is so deep and so good. They're just going to beat up a lot of third, fourth, and fifth starters. And if you can do that in the big leagues, you can win a lot of games. Um, so the, the Rangers are just getting started. Don't panic over them. They'll be fine. Trust me on that. Uh, they'll be in the hunt, and that's all you can ask. Uh, they gave us a World Series that we did not expect last year, uh, so expectations are high. But they, I think they got a good organization. They got a good system. Uh, Somebody's going to have to help them on the pitching front somebody who's already on the roster. And if they can do that, then I think they got a, uh, they got a chance to really, uh, to really make something happen again this year. I'm not, I'm not saying I win the championship, but I think they can make something happen. And, um, and we'll be playing meaningful games in September and October. Because um, that baseball run was something to behold, though. Yeah, that's some good, that's some good Rangers intel. For somebody who's getting back into baseball – and definitely would be asking them questions like, why you didn't keep Montgomery? See, I was yep. I was lost in the sauce listening to all of that because that's some good intel, right? <laughs> that's some good intel. I'm just saying, for me, I'm easing back into baseball. And, yeah, my first thought is, why y'all don't keep the band back? Why y'all don't keep the band together? And, yeah, yeah. I always reference them damn 2011 marriage. If you don't defend your title, did you really win the damn championship? Damn, if you don't defend it, did you really win it? Yeah. Wow. You can't break the band up. You got to do that's part of the thing. Can they do it again? How many teams have you ever seen just dismantle the damn championship team like <laughs> Mark Cuban did? You know, Mark Cuban don't make too many missteps, but damn, that was that was definitely one. That of was them. one of them. And the Eric Dampier and letting Nash go was the other one. That's why I mentioned earlier. What the hell was that? Does hey, anybody well, I mean, even remember? They don't even remember seeing that cat in uniform because he was terrible. No, but me and Damp got along, so it was all good. Well, okay, that's <laughs> fine. But he was he was great per forty eight minutes. That's that, you know. Yeah, that fool averaged twenty eight and fifteen per forty eight minutes, but he really averaged six and nine. I don't know <laughs> some crap like that. But uh, that, uh, yeah, that's why I think I, was, I I liked that intel, and those are questions that I don't have to ask later on because I'm gonna remember that. But, yeah, somebody easing back into baseball, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that's good stuff. So. All right, good. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, we always like to thank uh, our friends at uh, Greening Law for making the show possible. 
Without them, we probably wouldn't be here. So we appreciate that, uh, Smokey John's Barbecue. Always go by there and get some, uh, try the Jam Session Bowl. The uh, smoke wings on Wednesday are great. And uh, that Stan White will do you right. And just remember, at Smokey John's, that food is love in your mouth. Mm-mm-mm. Uh, you can always find me on uh, Twitter at JJT Journalist. Uh, I am Jean-Jacques Taylor's The Handle. You can follow the show on YouTube. Please go there and um, subscribe, like, leave a comment at The Real Jacques Talk. We're also on IG at The Real Jacques Talk. For Big Joe and the Big Rig, until we chat again, you guys be blessed. <laughs>